This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again on our preview podcast is Sonny Ship. Sonny, how are you doing today? Good, man. What's happening? Oh, not much. You know, I think it's been a, another normal week in, in Tigerland, wouldn't you say? Hey, man, when you've, uh, when you've covered this team for the last two years and even throw 2019 into it, you come to expect the unexpected. <laughs> of course, of course. If um, it ain't a circus, if it ain't a circus, it ain't, uh, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's not uh, LSU right, <laughs> yeah. right now. And, uh, you know, you miss some good, t- you miss some of the good times when, um, you know, they would have the fights during the summer and everything with players getting suspended and stuff. And, oh, yeah, man, it's man. always an adventure. It's always an adventure with LSU in yeah, some way. <laughs> the crazy thing is I could be talking about the Florida win and I, or I could be talking about the coaching situation. Like, we just – you don't know. We don't know. But uh, we'll be talking about both of them on the podcast today. We'll be ta- previewing Ole Miss – um, as we usually do, and then we'll get into a little bit of the coaching search, coaching discussion uh, towards the latter half of this podcast. But there is a game to talk about, Sonny. Um, Ole Miss uh, is next up for LSU in this SEC stretch of games. They take a trip to Oxford on Saturday at 2.30. I believe it's on CBS. And it's going to be a game that I'm fascinated to watch because, you know, before the Florida win, I looked at this stretch and I was like, there's just no way that they beat any of these teams. But now we come off that Florida game and we're like, okay, maybe they can, maybe they found something. Maybe they have confidence now. And now with the whole Coach O situation resolved, maybe they can play free. Um, Ole Miss, as we know, is one of the best offenses in the country, led by Lane Kiffin. When you look at this game overall, and especially starting with, I guess we start with the Rebels offense against LSU's defense, just what do you see and what's what's going to be the key for you? Well, who would have thought we would, back during the summer, talking about this game, we would actually be looking at and talking about the number one rushing offense in the, in the SEC and Ole Miss and a team coming off of a career, you know, a team and a player coming off of career day against Florida and top with Ty Davis price. But, you know, that's going to kind of be the theme for this one. Um, going with looking at what Ole Miss is going to do. Obviously they present some challenges um, with the quarterback runs. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Matt Corral, Ed Orgeron has already said that, you know, he totally expects him to play. And, you know, while his health is being talked about in, in, in Oxford, I don't think it's being bannered around nearly as much in Baton Rouge and amongst LSU fans. And, um, you know, so that's going to be a, that's going to be a dynamic because man, that guy is so electric running with the football in his hands. Yep. I hate to, I hate to bring up Johnny football uh, and make a reference towards that, but, but I think uh, you have to go back to Johnny Menzel since the last time I saw a quarterback that could just do that much with the ball in his hands and make that many plays 
that are broken down and out of nothing into just big plays and, and into good plays, chunk plays. Yeah. So that's going to be a bit, that's going to be a big task for the LSU defense. The good thing is that Neil Farrell played really, really strong last week. Glenn Logan showed some spurts. So hopefully LSU's, uh, you know, LSU can kind of put some clamps down on that running game and do what Matt Corral, uh, you know, had to do last year, try to beat him through the air when he had a uh, <laughs> an interception, when LSU had an interception feast against him. Yeah. He ended the game last week with 195 rushing yards, 231 passing yards. Uh, last week they were really banged up, and Lane Kiffin is notorious for not – telling the media anything about injuries so pretty much the opposite of Ogeron uh, but last week tight end Chase Rogers was out uh, left starting left guard Caleb Bourne was out and their top two receivers basically and Jonathan Mingo and Braylon Sanders were out um, running back Jerry on Ely was even banged up I think he only had seven carries in the game so all of that kind of you know, played a part in Matt Corral having to do everything. And like you said, the run game for him was huge, uh, whether it was by design or otherwise. Tennessee played a really soft zone against him, and he was able to take advantage of that. He was able to escape for five, six, seven yards and then break the big draw play for 20 yards on third down. So um, it was it was an incredible, absolutely incredible offensive performance from Matt Corral. I was just blown away by his poise, his confidence, and his toughness to continue to take those hits. And so I'm, I'm interested because, you know, Tennessee played very, very, very safe. And while I don't think – well, obviously LSU doesn't bring up a ton of blitzes or anything like that, they're usually a little bit more aggressive, especially with on the defensive line getting to the quarterback. So um, I think that'll be a big thing, but not only getting him out of the pocket, but also getting him down, you know, like we saw for Bo Nix running around escaping. You know, you can't have that this week. You got to be able to get him to the ground eventually. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they approach – defending him and how they approach defending this team because like you said they're balanced they can run the ball and i'm just they, they're more potent they're definitely more potent than florida um they're definitely more potent than auburn and mississippi state so you know i, I think this is going to be an interesting task yeah and, it, <clears throat> and and correct me if i'm wrong but in past games when lsu's used to spy hasn't it been micah baskerville yeah, I, be I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have to figure, you have to figure that that's going to be, that's going to be part of the game plan. And we've, we've beat this horse all season long, but Durante Jones has not shown the willingness uh, to, to blitz, to send extra guys. And I think, I think that in a game like this, that, LSU's probably going to rush three and drop eight a lot and play a lot, play a lot of zone behind that. And man, that just worries me because, because even if you, even if you, if you show that you're going to rush three, you got to bring a fourth one from somewhere. And I'm just not, I'm just not sold that Durante Jones is going to do that. And um, you know, that's what got uh, Matt Corral in trouble last year against LSU they had him on the run they would they they almost had him down he spun out of it threw the ball up in the air LSU would get a pick you know several of it several of his uh of his turnovers 
were off of plays like that. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder if, if Durante Jones is going to dial enough up to be able to, uh, you know, to get his feet moving because last week Florida's quarterbacks had way too much time to just sit back there and let plays develop. Yeah. He, the, and the Florida quarterbacks couldn't make them pay. Right. Like that was, that was the whole thing is that, I mean, while I think Emory Jones, you know, and Anthony Richardson are, are fine quarterbacks, they're, you know, more mobile guys, more uh, bigger, bigger guys that can kind of get downhill and get rushing yards, which was their style. And this is a very different style. Matt Corral has one interception on the year and it was last week on a third or fourth down uh, where, you know, it was kind of just not even really like a bad play. It was just a play where he was trying to do too much. So maybe you get him into those situations, but this is a very different Matt Corral from last year. And I think I'm sure LSU is prepared for that, but this is also an LSU defense that while they played well last week, I still am a little bit wary of having to rely on, you know, a lot of backups in a lot of situations to consistently produce and now going against a Lane Kiffin offense. I mean, we're talking about the third offense in the country when it comes to yards per game. We're talking to a talking about a team that's 34 touchdowns in six games um, has averages 6.9 yards per play, which is 13th in the carry. This is an offense that's just walks on the field and puts up 40 points. And I mean, we could say what we want about the defense last week. They still allowed 42 points and had four interceptions. Like that's not, you know, the ratio you want. If you have four interceptions, you want to be holding teams less than 42. So I'm still a bit skeptical as to how they're going to stop or even slow down this Ole Miss offense. Yeah, that makes two of us. And, and how do you know that you've uh, you've played some really really bad defense in the past, in the recent past? When you look at when you you give up forty two points and you say, well, you know, the defense played right better. The defense, you know, played well in spurts. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you give up forty two points, there aren't many spurts you played well in. Right. It was yeah. it was boomer bust for the defense last week. Big That's time, kind of huh? big time. I mean, they yeah, came up yeah. with the big stop late though. We will yeah. definitely give them that. Oh, and, and I tell you what, man, Demond Clark on that interception. I mean, that was picture perfect coverage. Yeah. I mean, he ran the route. He ran the route, and, and uh, Richardson just dropped it right in his breadbasket. Yeah, I mean, that was just you know that was pretty. But, but yeah, can they do the same thing against Ole Miss? Because you got to think, you know, hit hitting the road like this, going to, into Oxford, going to be a big weekend. Retiring, uh, you know, they're retiring uh, Archie's uh, Archie's jersey, right? I didn't even no. know that. Yeah, no, they're retiring. So, yeah, they're I was retiring like, Archie, one of the Mannings. Damn, this is yeah. a long time for gotta, to yeah, retire Archie's think, jersey. Yeah, you have to think Archie's already got his retired, so maybe it's Eli. Oh man! But they're retiring. Uh, they're retiring a Manning jersey this weekend, and um, you know, so there's going to be a. It is and, Eli. And there's a, it, it is, is Eli. Eli. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that Archie had his retired long, long, long ago. But, um, yeah, so it's going to be a big weekend. You know, going to be a lot of festivities on campus, 2.30 kickoff. Uh, you know, LSU, Ole Miss fans think they have a chance to, you know, to, uh, to beat up on LSU. They're going to be out there. They're going to be rowdy. The Grove would be packed and everything. So uh, it's going to be in a uh, – it's going to be a very, you know, a very exciting atmosphere. And, uh, you know, is LSU able to take all that emotion that they played with last week? Um, you know, are they able to take that? Because you know they're they're coming off a high from last week. Yeah, they're coming off that high. Are they able to continue to play with that emotion? That's going to be big. I think that's going to be. Uh, 
I think that's going to be big. And I think that's also going to be going to be very telling to whether or not they're able to, um, to keep Matt Corral from, uh, you know, from putting the team on his back and just carrying them to victory. Yeah. Uh, because, because defensively they're going to, they're, you know, they are shorthand. They are shorthanded when it comes from, uh, you know, their starters and everything, everyone who's missing, but the younger, the, the backups are going to have to play with that same energy, with that same emotion that they played with in tiger stadium. Now they're going to have to do it in another team stadium. So it'd, it'd be interesting to see if they're able to do that. And, uh, you know, cause I think that's what it's going to take to be able to withstand, uh, you know, the bullets that Matt Corral is going to, you know, sling at you. Yeah. Last thing before we get to the other side of the ball, um, Ole Miss did run a lot of those swing passes, kind of similar to Auburn that, you know, obviously burnt LSU when they played Auburn. So I'm, I'm interested to see if they can cover that better. Um, the Tennessee crowd was electric for anybody who watched that game of Ole Miss versus Tennessee last week. And cl- it clearly unsettled Ole Miss early on. Um, obviously, that changes this week with them being at home. And uh, lastly, I thought the run plays – for Ole Miss, I mean, Tennessee's defense did a really good job against the run game for the most part, except for Corral, other than Corral, like normal handoffs. Um, they shot the gaps. A lot of the runs were on the edge, on the outside, and I think those are areas where LSU can do can, – can play a, can play it really well, especially on the edge. It's those runs up the middle that kind of were, were effective for uh, Kentucky and uh, UCLA. So – those are all stuff I'm interested in, uh, but let's get to the other side of the ball real quickly. A lot less, um, I guess, to talk about, I guess, to this side because Ole Miss defense is kind of one-dimensional in a sense. They come out in a 3-3-5 stack a lot of the time. Uh, Ed Oshron said it, you have to run the ball against this defense. That's what this defense allows, and I completely agree with him. I've seen the 3-3-5 stack um, up close and personal at North Texas a lot of times. Sometimes it was different variations, but still three, three, five stack. Um, you see them move around with the line, linebackers a bit. Tennessee was took some shots. Tennessee was a run first offense. Um, but, and I mean, I, I think LSU has to come out and run the ball again. Like I think they have to have, I'm not going to say Ty Davis price has to break the record again, but he, you know, they have to be very good on the ground again against this defense specifically. Yeah, they have to come out and they have to run the ball. I mean, that's what Ole Miss is going to give you. They're going to give them the run, kind of like Kentucky did. I I think it's going to kind of be a lot of the same – a lot of the same game plan that we saw against Kentucky. Um, obviously the difference is that Kentucky's defense is head and shoulders, probably yeah. uh, better and more talented than what Ole Miss has. But, you know, I, I, I think that I don't think Todd I'm with you. I don't think Todd Davis price has to run for 287 yards. I do think he has to provide that spark that he provided last week. Um and, and, and definitely uh, keep the Ole Miss defense, uh, you know, from just, just sitting back there and waiting on, you know, waiting on a turnover, waiting on a tip ball, waiting on something like that. Because it seems like that that's what, uh, you know, that's about the only way that this defense stops anyone. But, you know, Max Johnson has to play better than he played last week. I think he's going to have to do a better job of throwing the ball. I think LSU is going to need him to throw the ball better. Um, you know, and hopefully that offensive line just continues to play like it did last week. I know there were a couple of guys in yellow jerseys this week during the week, and Marlon Martinez, Chasen Hines wasn't there. 
I believe when you went yeah. to uh, when you went I, to I don't, practice. I don't think Chase and Hines. I mean, I don't know this, but I believe yeah. Chase and Hines is out. Um, I'm trying to remember what Ojeda said on Monday. I wrote up the whole report, but yeah, I, I don't expect Chase and Hines to play. I expect Marlon Martinez to start and yeah. in his place at right guard. Yeah. So if the you know if the offensive line can uh, if the offensive line can uh, you know just just create some room like it. Uh, you know, like it has the last two weeks, like you said, if you don't have, it doesn't have to be the holes that are so big you could drive a truck through them, like you had against Florida. But you just got to keep the ball. You just got to move the ball. However, they're going to allow you to move the ball. You got to move it, and then once you get inside that inside that red zone, you know it's going to take touchdowns against uh, against Ole Miss. You know, field goals nearly nearly uh, beat Auburn. It's not going to help you at, at uh, in Vault Hemingway Stadium. No, she's going to have to score touchdowns. I mean, man, that over under. I don't even know what's it at right now. That is an excellent question. I want to say it's 75. Oh man, I'd take the over on that. I think it was 75 earlier in the week. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I'm not gonna look it up here. Yeah. Um, but you bring up a great point. Touchdowns, I mean, field goals are basically worthless, I think, just with how much with how much Lane Kiffin goes for it. Yeah, because he's down. not gonna kick field goals. <laughs> they don't punt, they don't kick field goals, they are they lead the country in fourth down attempts. Um, at 27 and they converted 20 of those like that's just an absurd clip of fourth downs <laughs> so um and we've seen lsu be fairly aggressive on fourth downs um but most of them are on fourth and obvious situations like fourth and one you know fourth and twos um and fourth and goal i guess um but no lane kiffin will go for it on fourth down so this is going to be a shootout of sorts if LSU has a chance and I'm just interested to see Max Johnson's pass game as well. Um, Cause I don't expect them to run the ball for, you know, 300 yards. So they're going to have to be more balanced than they were last week. And if that's the case, Max Johnson's going to have to make some tough throws. I feel like everybody's kind of just like, stop talking about Max Johnson because of the run game and, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know, we kind of know what we're getting for Max Johnson. I still think Max Johnson has to do more for this offense to beat really good teams like this. So, yeah, I'm we'll, with you. We'll see. We'll see how I'm with you, how that goes. Um, you ready to get some predictions? Oh man. I want to hear yours first. I want to hear yours first. No, why, why do I have to go first here, man? I, huh? Hey, you're I the rookie. You're the rookie. Uh, Cause I'm the rookie. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, hazing. We're hazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, I actually haven't thought about this too much. Um, I've looked at the spread. The spread is 10 and a half for Ole Miss which I think is a really solid number. Uh, one thing I said on the last podcast uh, with Billy and Shay towards the end was, you know, I think we have to keep this kind of realistic to an extent. Like, yes, the Florida win was great, but I think like we touched on the emotions in that game, the, the way that they played, I, I really question whether some of it is sustainable the way that they did that. Um, and so to still, you know, barely pull that one out i think i'll miss if matt Corral plays and i'm gonna assume matt Corral plays if matt Corral plays i just don't see Ole miss going less than like 42 45 points and i just think that's tough to ask this offense to replicate that performance from last week so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go Ole miss 45 45 31 yeah okay okay yeah i uh you know i I'm with you on the, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a high scoring game and stuff. Um, as far as the emotion and stuff goes, 
I'm kind of torn on that. I'm torn on whether or not they can continue, uh, not match what they had last week because they'll obviously be on the road, but continue to play at a very high level. And the reason that I am is because I want to say this team has been so unpredictable, unpredictable all season. <laughs> so unpredictable. That why would you, you know, why would you think that they would? But then on the flip side, that's what Ed Orgeron's done at all of his, <laughs> at all of his stops. You know, where he was either trying to prove something, you know, you take Ole Miss out of the equation, whether it was USC, you know, whether it was LSU when he was interim, you know, he got the players to play up. They played up last week. And I think they're going to go into Oxford and I think they're going to, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be up for this one. And and I, and I think LSU's offensive line is going to continue to, um, is going to continue to set the tone and that the defensive line is, is stronger with uh, with Glenn Logan in the middle. What concerns me, though, is that depth, Yes, that it didn't really play that big of a factor last week against Florida, but now you're asking these players to get jacked up again to bring that same energy, to bring that same emotion, that same intensity – And all that stuff really starts to affect you once you get into that fourth quarter. And so you've got a team that has had that players have had to play a lot of snaps because of all of the injuries. You haven't had an off week or anything. And so it's almost just like a perfect storm for fatigue to really settle in once you get into the back into the late you know, the, the late third quarter, fourth quarter of this game. So, but I think, L- I think LSU is going to score with Ole Miss to, um, you know, and, and to keep it close. But I think in the fourth quarter, just fatigue starts to set in and Ole Miss, uh, you know, Ole Miss, I don't want to say that they pull away because I think LSU scores, I think LSU scores late to make it somewhere in that 45, 41 range. All right, 45 41. I'm Put me down. down. 45 41. 85 for the point total. <laughs> I'm going to slap a couple of grand down on that. Uh-huh, then, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Some, some pocket change. For the weekend and watch it. Yeah. Throw, throw some pocket change down on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My wife and kids ought to appreciate that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, yeah. so right. talking about predictions, man. Give me your prediction. Who's the next head coach in Baton Rouge? Oh, Lord. Oh Lord, um, I was not ready for that 180 pivot all the way over to the coaching search. Um, you know, you know, I I I went first on the the game predictions. I think you can go first on this one. <laughs> okay, well, I tell you what, I'm not gonna. I, I mean, I honestly, honestly, don't have a prediction on it. No, me neither. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't even know. I mean, I, we would just be throwing something up against the wall right now. Yeah, that's what some people know, want, but, man. <clears throat> yeah, that's what everybody wants. But look. So what do you think? And I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the host hat on here. What do you think are the criteria that Scott Woodward um, and you know whoever is involved in the search with the search in the on the search committee? What do you think is the criteria that they need that the new head coach needs to meet for LSU's needs of the current state of the program? It's been really interesting for me to go through this because I've never gone through a coaching search, coaching change like this, even though North Texas might be in a similar position in a few weeks. But, uh, you know, I've never gone through anything like this. So it's been interesting to see what people are saying for what they want in a program, you know, what works, what where the logical steps are for this uh, program moving forward. 
And you look at the names, you know, you go down the list, James Franklin, you know, Jimbo has been thrown out there. I don't think a lot of people want Jimbo, even though, you know, he's obviously um, done a good job at A&M to this point, in my opinion, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley's been thrown out there. I think he's the least likely by far. So Shea posted the poll and of, of who you want, of who you want to be that next head coach. And I voted, I voted for Lane Kiffin. And part of that was just me being a, uh, a writer and somebody covering the team. I just think that would be interesting, but I, I really think having someone with an identity is a big thing. Like that's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing um, because, you, you know, whether it is, I think Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley, you know, those guys have an identity to an extent already. And that's something when you, when those guys step into a program, you know what you're getting as far as recruiting goes, you know what you're getting stylistically, uh, schematically, you know what you're getting from those guys. I'm not saying the other guys you don't know because obviously they're all very good coaches in their own right, but those guys, you're like, all right, those guys have an identity. And that's what I'm interested to see is regardless of who they bring in, what that identity is, what the stability is and just where they're going to kind of, how they're going to approach this LSU team that has a good amount of talent already, but what can they do with this? So with all that being said, I, I personally don't have an X factor for something that like, okay, they need to get a defensive coach in Mel Tucker. They need to get an offensive coach in Lane Kiffin. I just want someone with a, with a style and a identity, I guess, to this point. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and you make a lot of good points right there. Um, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna dissect that identity a little bit more. What what are the traits that you want to shape that identity? Because I think that's important. And 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 you think about that. Since I'm throwing this on you right now, I'll kind of tell you where I am on that. I think a big part of a big part that is going to make up the identity that is going to be what I would consider an ideal fit for, for right now is I think LSU needs to get back to, to having someone who is a little bit more of a uh, disciplinarian, Mm -hmm. you know, and the reason that I say that is, you know, in the early two thousands, you know, LSU went from Jerry Donardo to Nick Saban, which was a, a big contrast. You know, you got, you know, night yeah. and day, <laughs> night and day right there. Okay. And so when you look at it, you know, and, and then you had less moms, you know, less moms. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we see all the, you know, you see all the Title IX stuff that's popped up, all of the suspensions, all of the attrition, all of the guys getting, you know, getting, getting busted for smoking weed, whatever. We've seen a lot of that under less, and we've seen a lot of that continue under under it. I think that the new guy, when he comes in, I think he needs to be a little bit more of a disciplinarian. I think it needs to it, it kind of needs to get to the fact of, look, guys, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have fun along the way, but this is how we're going to do it. If you're not on board with this, tell me now. Let me know now so we can go out and we can start building this pro, you know, we can, we, we can not build this program, but we can reshape this program a little bit because I don't, I I don't think the program needs to be rebuilt. You don't need a rebuilder, but I do think you need someone who can reshape. 
And, you know, I look at some of the guys who have experience at doing that. Um, James Franklin is a guy who comes to mind. Um, you know, I, I think Bill O'Brien laid the groundwork and laid the foundation of, of a very bad situation at, at Penn State yeah. coming out of the Jerry Sandusky uh, stuff. And, you know, but O'Brien did a lot of the heavy lifting. And then I think Franklin kind of just like shaped things up, molded it a little bit into, into what you see now. And so I, I think someone who has that experience, uh, you know, at doing so at other programs, I, I think will be big because I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel. The next guy coming in, I don't think he needs to reinvent the no. wheel at LSU. I think, you know, he could very easily step into a team that finishes seven and five, possibly eight and four this year, goes to a bowl game and has a lot of guys coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, and then also has the benefit of the, uh, you know, of being able to hit the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So transfer portal recruiting yeah. wise, I, I mean, and all these guys are yeah. capable recruiters. Right. Um, and it's not, I mean, when you step into LSU, it's not like you're having to go out of your way to go get high level recruits. I mean, yeah. obviously the, the job Ogeron done has in uh, in recruiting has been great. Um, but you know, you, you step in and you're expected to be a top 10 recruiting class on a yearly basis, regardless of who, who you are as a coach. I think, I think you could step out there and be, get a top 15 class. Hey man, why not top 10? I lower, why are you the, dissing me like I lower, that? I lower the standards a little bit. Dude, that's hey, a if, lot of smack coming from somebody who's used to looking at Sunbelt conference recruiting <laughs> rankings. Hey, Conference USA, all right? Conference hey, USA. Dude. And now the American, hey. the American. Yeah. Uh, land of the two stars huh <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man um, yeah no so- that's some good stuff though man and that's what's going to be interesting you know and, and that's one thing with the coaching search is that you know like when i updated the hot board on wednesday of the guy of names that everyone's kind of kicking around on the board and stuff you hear it on talk radio you hear it you know you see the names in newspapers and stuff like that it's going to be kind of a uh, kind of fun to kind of track these guys over to come and, you know, uh, we've got who they're playing this weekend. We got the remaining schedule and stuff and, uh, yeah. you know, c- kind of do a little stock report, not only for LSU, because a lot of these people are going to also, a lot of the names that we're hearing right and just seeing right now tossed around for the job and everything. It's also going to be mentioned for USC. You know, there's going to be some bigger openings coming open for that. Mm-hmm and stuff so it's going to be interesting to see like where like where the guys fall on different um you know on different search committees and things like that how, how much more gas do you think lane kiffin gets if Ole miss wins this weekend i mean not not from not from the people that matter just from the fans well you know here kind of my thing on lane is that you know, one of the things that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of stories and a lot of talk about, you know, Ed Orgeron's personal life and how it's kind of been in the spotlight and stuff mm-hmm. during the downslide. And, you know, when has Lane Kiffin's not been in, in the spotlight? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, even, even if they, you know, even if they, even if they win on Saturday, um, you know, I just – I think with some fans, they'll kind of look at it and they'll be like, oh, man, you know, how great would that be if that was – if he was wearing purple and gold doing that to opponents and stuff. But I just wonder – I wonder I wonder if if Lane's just got a little too much baggage for what LSU needs right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It'll, it'll be interesting. I could I've, see. I, I I could I could see Lane. I could, and obviously a lot of things have changed since uh, 2016. But I think Lane Kiffin today would have been a good candidate to replace less in 2016. That makes sense. But replacing Orgeron, it's kind of like you know, like oh, okay, you know, well we've seen this before. You where think it's it more of the same? Out, and I, I think I think it's just kind of eerily similar. Okay. You know, and, and then with some with some of the baggage that you know that they both have and stuff yeah. too. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I I don't have anything else on the coaching search. Do you have any anything else to put a bow on it? No, man. Uh, like I said, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun and interesting to uh, you know to see how all this shakes out because the with LSU fans, you know, there's not a you know, even though you you you've got a, a a team who could possibly go in and beat Ole Miss and be, all of a sudden be five and three, you know that's not what people want to talk about. You know, everybody's yeah. talking about who's next, who's next, who's exactly. next. And uh, you know, not only with that man, but then you're going to have coordinators and stuff too. So it's it's going to be a it's going to be a very eventful holiday season, but a uh, you know, but very fun too. Yeah, fun too, sure. fun to cover and and definitely fun for fans to uh, follow. For sure. Well, yeah. if you want the latest information on our hot board, on our insights, and just everything that we're kind of hearing and seeing around the program, be sure to become a subscriber on Go247. We're running a 60% off coaching search special via for our annual VIP pass. So be sure to check that out. You can find that on our homepage and in the, the main marquee. So check that out. Send it to a friend. Um, you also get our VIP board with that as well. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share it, um, share it with your friends, uh, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple, follow us on Spotify, all that good stuff. We appreciate y'all listening. Uh, well, I'm interested to see how exactly LSU plays against Ole Miss this weekend, but we will be here afterwards to react to it. And then, you know, Billy and Shay on every Monday as well. So keep it locked in uh, to go 247 for the latest. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.